Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Yes, this is another uh, Blind Sports episode, our eighth episode, and we have a very special guest, and I'm going to let Kimberly take over and introduce him. Thank you, Angie. Today, our special guest is Salman Chandri, and he's going to be talking about blind hockey. Yes, blind hockey. We'll get started with the interview, and I know I'm going to learn a lot today. And a lot of my friends want to know more about this, too. So this will be fun. Thank you for joining us, Salman. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, like, how you got into blind hockey. So I started hockey in 2016 when it was introduced through Canada. And they were doing a triad event in Chicago. And they had invited athletes, because I was playing beat baseball at the time. So they were reaching out to athletes to come try out hockey. And we had about 15 skaters show up, and I was one of those skaters. And I helped make their Facebook page, and I helped out with the team. And I'm currently the captain of Chicago Blackhawks Blind Hockey. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Were you always blind? So I have something called retinitis pigmentosa, which is with the cell disorder with the rosin cones. And so as I grow older, my vision keeps on getting weaker and weaker. And so I was born with perfect vision, like 2020. And I got my first glasses when I was three. And I had to use a cane when I was in high school, so around 17 is when I became legally blind. So when I was younger, I played tennis, I could still see pencil, and I could even see the board, and I was into skateboarding a lot too, So and I still skateboard, which is something I really like doing, but I just have to be more careful now because if I wipe out, I can wipe out really easily because I can't always see well, like where the curb is or where the bumps might be. So I just try to go in a park or somewhere fun. My first blind sport actually was blind skiing, which is downhill skiing. And I got introduced to that in high school. And I would go every weekend to go skiing. And it was something that made me more comfortable with my disability as well. And then I got introduced to hockey and baseball afterwards. Cool. That's great. So is your RP hereditary or are you the only one that has it in your family? or? Uh, no, I'm the only one in my family that has it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I also do find it very interesting how you got into sports. And, hey, skateboarding, that's really cool. Yeah, I really like the feeling of just getting on a board. And I usually just go with friends now just so they can guide me. And I still do hills, and I still like to go, like, fast on the skateboard. <laughs> so <laughs> it's I like doing going on adventures. I also like a lot of hiking and a lot of um, different kind of sports, which is, I was actually at a camp in Pennsylvania helping out with a lot of different sports. So I always like to be adventurous. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So you were saying blind hockey started in 2016. Was it the sport itself or was it like that you started playing that year? Uh, I started playing that year. It had started a little bit before that, around 2014, I think, in New York and a couple other places. 
but officially when we were sponsored by the Blackhawks in 2016 and uh, USA Hockey and through AHI, which is Amateur Hockey Association. And so we have a really good backbone to help players get all the fundamentals and to help everyone make sure that their equipment is paid for and they can have a fun time on the ice. And we have a lot of coaches in Chicago. We have about, I think, 15 coaches. So each player has like a one-on-one coach that can help out and also run drills. And uh, blind hockey is basically the same as regular hockey with just a few adaptations. The first one is the goalie is actually blind. So they make the goalies wear blindfolds. And if you have lower vision, you're either a defenseman, but you can also be a forward if you have the skill set. They they try to make it so everyone can be able to play hockey the same way. And another rule that's different than sided hockey is you have to make one pass so that the goalie knows that the puck is in their zone and they do a special whistle to make sure that the goalie can be set up and able to get the pass. And there's some really amazing goalies too. I was in a tournament in Vancouver and there was a, his name is Joey. He, he is one of the goalies and there was a puck coming and it went behind him and somehow he did a spin move and caught it and <laughs> when he <laughs> made it come out. So, so there's some really amazing athletes in the sport. And that's awesome. And I think the thing that amazes me as well is that you guys are sponsored by the Chicago Blackhawks. That is awesome. And go Chicago. It's the best city in the world. I'm originally from there. So yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah, I love Chicago as well. Yeah, we are really lucky. We get to wear the same jerseys that the Blackhawks wear, like the official jerseys, and we have our names on the back. And we have the same patch as well, which says Chicago Blackhawks, and underneath it has Indian head, and then underneath it says playing hockey. So it is really an amazing thing to have. Sweet. Yeah. What is the age range and how old are you and how long like do you think you'll stick with this sport? Uh, so I'm I just turned 26 on July 11 and our age range is really wide. Uh, in Chicago we have uh, 6-year-olds up to people who are 40. So we have a good amount of teens. We have a few people in college and a few people who are a bit older in 30s and 40s. And um, I'm pretty sure I'll keep playing hockey mm-hmm. because it's just the best rush ever. And it's just something that is really fun to do. I know a friend of mine wanted to know, how do you know where the puck is? You can hear it, I'm assuming. Uh, it is tricky sometimes to find out where the puck is, but you just have to go with it and find where it is depending on the sound we have tried to make a digital puck as well but in canada last year in toronto they made a digital puck with the wires and stuff but it was really lightweight and we ended up breaking it in the second period <laughs> so so it uh the metal puck is really nice because it can withstand a lot of damage and like because we still do slap shots and we still hit the puck really hard and we still like give really hard passes and it's really still the same sport, basically. There are people who even lift that heavy puck. And in the Canada-USA game, actually, someone threw the puck out of the ring. So it's a, it's a really like fast-paced sport, and we really like playing hockey. No, you're, you're talking about you know the puck flying 
everywhere. Have you gotten any injuries or injuries common? Uh, yeah, so I actually had a really big injury my first year. I didn't know how to really stop when I was on skates. And I actually was made fun of a lot, too, by my teammates because I could do a hockey stop on skis, but not on hockey skates. So my first year when I was, I learned how to skate pretty well, though. And so, and then I didn't know how to stop. So I ended up falling one way and my body went the other way and I ended up making my fibia. Oh, no. Yeah. On my left leg. Uh, I was, uh, but I was able to come back in 10 weeks, even though my doctor told me I would be out for the whole year. That's because I like hockey a lot, and I wanted to come back and be able to be back on the ice. So it's just uh, I I trained a lot, and then I worked out like with my physical therapy. Uh, just made sure I could strengthen my leg and was able to come back early. Wow, you're very ambitious for that. Yeah. So do you have to wear like a lot of padding and stuff? Uh, yeah, we have a ton of padding. It's basically like putting on an extra body on yourself. We have like chest pads, elbow pads, uh, wrist guards, and uh, gloves. We have a helmet, and we have shin pads. And that's mostly about it, but they're really big pads. So my hockey bag comes up to about my waist, and I'm about six feet. So <laughs> Here's my question. I have a question. How do you guys orient yourselves around the court? Like, how do you know where you are and, like, reference to, you know, where you're supposed to position yourselves and things like that? Uh, so the one nice thing is, like, we can still come to the middle a little bit, but we try to stay to our side to kind of avoid closing just because it's a fast-paced sport and sometimes everyone can't see everyone. We do have no contact, so we try to make it so there's less collisions as possible. And we try to talk a lot. So if someone's going for the puck, they would say, like, I got it, or I'm on your left, or go Solomon, or we try to keep communicating. Oh, okay. So it's a little, a little like goalball in, like, reference to, like, left wing, right wing, center. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A little. Not, yeah. Sorry, I kind of just made that little reference, but. No worries. Yeah, it's pretty similar to goalball. Except you have a hockey puck and you're <laughs> dribbling it with a hockey stick and trying to shoot it on that. The athletes in hockey, they don't have to bl wear blindfolds, so they can use the vision they have. Only the goalies are blindfolded. So like in goalball, everyone's blindfolded, and in baseball, everyone's blindfolded. And in blind soccer or blind football, everyone's blindfolded as well. With hockey, you can use the vision you have, and only the goalies have to wear blindfolds. I see. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Some people who are like, because there are a lot of lights as well, so a lot of times you would see people with dark shade as well over their helmet, kind of like sunglasses. So it's a really fun sport, and everyone is usually able to enjoy it. So I was listening to the competition that was in Canada. Like, when was that? March? Were you at that one? In Toronto? Yeah. Yeah, I was at that one. Explain about like the jersey colors. I know the commentators were mentioning that America had like yellow jerseys and Canada had like blue or something like that. Can you explain like the different colors and like the contrast and why that's important? Uh, yeah, so they mostly have uh, black, yellow, blue, or red, I believe, jerseys. 
Mm-hmm. And in America, we have our own team jerseys as well on different colors. But to try to make it, uh, the black and yellow is the most popular because they have done a lot of research and they think that it is easier for people to see those jerseys. So there would be less collisions. But for me personally, sometimes a yellow jersey is a bit harder to see <laughs> because it blends in with the ice for me. It's easier for me if there's more contrast. So it's easier for me to see a darker jersey, like a dark red or a dark black jersey so it's mainly to help people out more so they can have more accessibility to see where everybody is and see where their teammates are you mentioned that you practice how often do you practice so we usually practice every week from september to april and it's usually every saturday uh, once we start and we have a few tournaments in between like the one in canada and we had one in florida and we have a summit coming up in Minnesota, actually, in August. Oh, fun. Yeah. Have you and your team won any championships or tournaments or whatever? Like, what's the, what's the first of all, what's the right phrase to use? Still at a beginning level. So right now what we've been doing is we combine everyone together at tournaments, which is really cool to have as well. Uh, that's actually how I met Christopher from Indiana uh, because me and him were in the same team in Toronto. They try to match yourselves with skill level so you could have someone from Colorado, someone from Texas, someone from St. Louis, someone from Chicago, and some Canadian players. So they mix everyone together. My team, I've actually won six gold medals. Awesome. Let's see how many U.S. teams there are right now. Uh, yeah, there are at least the 10 U.S. teams, which is really crazy because it only started like three years ago in 2016 when we started uh, recruiting people. Before, there was only a team out in New York and then in a few other places. And then they started one in Chicago in 2016. And then after that, through USA Hockey, they tried to make sure there were more teams. So uh, there's teams like in Colorado, St. Louis, Indiana. There's a bunch of other ones as well. There's one in Hartford, Connecticut. They're called the Hartford Brailers, which is a really cool name. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> yeah. And there's one in Washington as well, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And a lot of them have been getting sponsorship by NHL teams as well, which is really cool. The Pittsburgh Penguin teams actually have gotten to skate with a lot of the NHL players, which is really crazy. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So how would someone go about getting a team started? I believe it's usually done through USA Hockey. uh, Or if there's another disability hockey program going on, it's usually easier to go with them. I think because it would just be easier to recruit more people. Like I helped that at an event in Indiana, slot hockey team, and they had a really good turnout, about 25 people. Yeah, so I think it's just easier that way if it's done through like a bigger group. There are a lot of the USA hockey players trying to start teams as well in different places. I'll just add one more thing. For me personally, it's just really a dream come true because... I've always liked hockey and I wanted to play, but I was never able to see the normal puck. So I had never really got into it that much because I felt like I would just be going up and down the ice. I have a question about the puck. Does the puck have like like bells inside of it or some sort of like sound? Uh, yes, it's a, um, it's a metal puck. It's about uh, like the size of a mini tea plate. 
Like, it's pretty big. And it has metal ball bearings in it that are close together. So it's like hitting a maraca. When you hit it, all the bells clang together that are made with metal. And it makes a really loud noise. So you can really hear it, like, all the way out of the arena when it's in motion. But the only hard problem we have is when it stops, you can't really figure out where it is sometimes. But usually is able to find if they have higher vision or the referee finds it and then shakes the puck and so we can find it. But we still do, we still do face-offs and everything. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, so when you're fighting for the puck, so when the referee drops the puck and you have whoever gets the puck first, it's basically like jumping ball in basketball. So I bet a lot of our listeners are thinking that is such a crazy sport to be in and be blind. What did your friends and family think when you first brought up this subject? My mom always encourages me to follow my heart and do whatever it is that I like to do. And she was really excited that I would get to play hockey as well. I would take two trains to get to hockey practice. I was still in college, so hockey practice would be at 3 o'clock. And I'd be at the ring about 9.30 or 10, and I would finish up all my homework. <laughs> just sat the ring, and then I would have hockey practice, and then I would just go home and rest and hang out or something. We actually moved closer to hockey, so now I'm only about 30 minutes away, so now my mom usually takes me to hockey practice. And uh, a funny story, actually, is I've never flown by myself before, but the first time I flew by myself was actually for hockey. Uh, I heard there was a tournament my first year in 2016, and I really wanted to go and see what an actual game of hockey would be like. And so I was uh, trying to figure out what I would do, and I found a really cheap ticket. So I was really excited, so I just bought the ticket. <laughs> but then I was a bit afraid to tell my mom, so I told my mom the day before that, oh, you know. <laughs> I was like, I'm thinking about going to this tournament. And then can I go? She was like, yeah, you can go. And then she was laughing. And, like, my mom's basically, like, my best friend, so we joke around a lot, too. But it was really funny. She was like, you're telling me now? <laughs> but it was my first experience flying by myself and I've flown by myself to basically all the tournaments like in Pittsburgh, Florida, Toronto, Vancouver, uh, Ottawa. So it's really given me a lot of independence and shown me a lot of new skills as well. The drive to do something so ordinary to other people gets blind people to get out of their comfort zone and to become independent. Yeah, it's definitely given me a lot of courage and it's just something that I really care about and really like open up the doors to a lot of other things. That's good. Can you tell us how uh, blind sports has impacted your life as a blind person? Uh, yeah, so like I kind of mentioned a bit earlier, uh, like in high school, in middle school, I played basketball and soccer, and I was asked to be in a adapted PE class in high school, but I didn't want to because I liked sports, and I just wanted to be with my friends, so I played regular PE in high school as well, and I was actually not really that comfortable with my disability in high school. I would always hide my cane and would never really use it, and downhill skiing was my first blind sport and just through that just having people come up to me and tell me like oh you're going on such a steep hill I can see and I wouldn't even go down that hill getting all the encouragement and seeing more people with disabilities and how they get around and uh, how they're more comfortable with the disability kind of made me more comfortable with my disability as well and 
just knowing that I could trust my disability and I wouldn't really be made fun of or get picked on that much because I was basically the only person in my high school that used a cane. So it was a bit like daunting for me. And I went to a really big high school at about 4,000 kids total. I was the only one with the cane. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't have either. Uh, <laughs> my vision got worse when I was an adult. How do you like fund going to the competitions? So a lot of it is through USA Hockey and my coach usually helps out. I usually have to only pay for my plane ticket. Sometimes I pay for registration fee, which is usually about 200 I think, and the hotel as well. So I usually just try to save up myself and do little things uh, to help make sure I can have enough money to go to tournaments. And they're not too many tournaments, usually about three or four. And they're pretty spread out. Okay. And then you said you have a lot of equipment. Did you have to pay for that or was that funded somehow? Uh, no, that was funded through the Blackhawks and USA Hockey. Sweet. Yeah. I just had to get my skates. <laughs> that was it. Okay. I just like going on a lot of different ventures as well. When I was in college, I actually trained my outdoor adventure club. I saw a table at one of their boots. And they were going rock climbing, so I asked them if I might be able to come. And I helped train a lot of their people to help guide me, so I would hold on to their backpack. And I also went like mountain biking and uh, kayaking and caving and <laughs> all those fun things. And I would just tell them how to guide me and was able to do everything that they did. So it was a lot of fun. I love your determination. I will say that. And you're like very very ambitious for you to like for instance be on your own bike and just follow somebody with with them like guiding you and just telling you okay turn left turn right go straight that kind of thing wow yeah that's brave <laughs> yeah i mean i could never do it i I've... and for rock climbing i would have them uh tell them tell me like where to put my hands and i would just climb by myself and yeah, tell me like oh there's a hold coming up on your left and i would just be able to like, grab it and then they would all like cheer for me because they would get excited that I was able to do it. It's something that I like to show people that I can basically do anything that anyone else can. I just need a little bit of adaptation. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. As far as like the bike thing, I would have been like, no, I'll I'll ride tandem, you know? Yeah. I've actually never ridden a tandem bike just because uh, like since I was younger, I had better vision. So I usually just go with some friends or follow them. Because I just like the feeling of like having more control and having more fun. And I like doing some tricks as well. My best one is uh, to do like a brake stop. I like to stop really hard and make the back tire go all the way up and bring it down. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> I grew up riding a bike and I I would have had to have a restricted license. And I didn't <laughs> get quite as far having a license I got my temps and then my vision got worse, but mostly my method of transportation was friends, the bus, or my bike. Now I have a tandem bike, but it's at my mom's and it's like a recumbent kind of, so it's like huge. And it was built for me. I've had it for a long time and whenever I go by my mom, I get really upset if the weather is bad and I can't ride it. And then I was thinking of this when you mentioned skateboarding. I have a friend who it lives here in town who 
has recently lost his vision and he was a huge skateboarder growing up. Now he's completely blind, but he lives in the country, but he would skate back and forth in their driveway. He said he knew where the grass was because he had two Bluetooth speakers and he'd set them on the edge of the driveway and then he'd just go back and forth because he could hear the music. Yeah. What I usually do, my memory is really good as well. So I usually walk around or have someone guide me so I know the place really well and I can usually just use my memory. I actually use my skateboard a lot in college as well to get to all my classes because they would be really far spread out and I had the campus memorized. Have you ever tried one of those like hoverboards? Uh, I haven't tried any of those. So I was skateboarding the class like I have one of those longboards that I like going fast. There was one of my friends in my chemistry class, so I skated really fast by him, and then uh, he met me in class the other day, and I was about to trip over some steps, and I had my cane, and he was like, I just saw you yesterday skating on a skateboard right past me, like, full speed, <laughs> and now you're about to trip over some steps with the cane, so <laughs> so it's uh, it was a really funny story for me to be able to tell him that I do have like limited vision, but I can usually figure out how to still do things that I used to be able to do. Yeah, and I've actually had a lot of injuries through skateboarding as well, but I still like doing it. So my best ones is uh, both sprained ankles and a torn rotator cuff. Was like physical therapy your main goal or something? <laughs> like <laughs> I have been through a lot of physical therapy. But I usually heal fast, and I work out a lot as well, so I'm able to usually heal myself and not have a lot of pain. Like, even with my leg, I don't feel any, like, pain in my leg that I broke through hockey because I do a lot of, like, different things to strengthen it. Like, I do a lot of calf raises and side lunges and squats, and I have a really good workout routine that I keep changing things up and making sure I can strengthen each muscle. What is your working out routine at the moment so i usually change it up a lot but my main thing i do a lot of the trx which is basically resistance bands with your body weight so you're using like your body weight as a weight barrier so i usually do like biceps triceps then i do squats then i do lunges then i do side lunges calf raises and then I do stepping planks, and then I do sit-ups, and then I usually do some cardio at the end for about 20 minutes. <laughs> this question keeps coming back to me. When skateboarding, have you ever, like, run into someone? Not really. I usually go during the daytime because uh, my vision is better during the daytime. And you can see people pretty well because they're bigger objects. And the hard part for me is like low objects, like a crack in the sidewalk or where the curb is. So it's the only thing that gets me in trouble. So that's why I just walk around, make sure I have all the space down. You're definitely a great athlete and the willing to take risks. I don't know. I find that a little dangerous, but <laughs> what? <laughs> I like one quote from my favorite movie. It's from Supercross. It's like a movie about two brothers who try to make it in Supercross. And one of the quotes in that movie is, no risks, no rewards. So that's my motto usually. I feel like if I don't take a risk and I don't try something new, then I'm kind of not really living life. So, And there's a quote by 
Helen Keller as well. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. So that's usually how I like to live. <laughs> I also play the harp. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and that was something that I never thought I'd be able to play because it's so many strings. But I have a really nice teacher and I have a carbon fiber harp and it lights up as well. So it helps me see the strings a little bit better. And I also have real stickers on the side. So I have them on each octave because there's so many strings. So I have all the C's and B's down. So if I'm playing like a really hard piece and I need to move a lot, I can just find it with my fingers and then like feel where the C is and then jump to that string. Is there anything you've done that you haven't enjoyed? Not really. I've also been horseback riding a lot. I always say like it's like my Google car, but better because you can have more of a relationship with the horse. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. I kind of wish they had like roads for horses though, because that would have been a lot more easier for blind people actually. Because the horse knows where he has to go. You could just like hop on and ride him and like figure out where you have to go. Well, I mean, if you live in a rural area, you can have a guide horse. I actually saw one a long time ago at a convention. They do have like buggies in Chicago. They have like kind of like a romantic thing, like towards the summer. They have like horse buggies riding around town. Oh, nice. That would be cool, though, if they could use them just for blind people. <laughs> oh, like, oh, we're taking a horse buggy to the grocery store. People will be like, darn blind people always taking up the other lanes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. And it was so nice talking to you. And I think our listeners will be just riveted when we release this awesome i really appreciate the opportunity and thank you for listening to my story well thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much for being here and for being willing to tell us your story because i think it's really really cool that like you not only do blind hockey but like all these things like and i think it's awesome to show people that blind people can play sports and they can do so many things so that's really awesome thank you so much Thank you so much again. <laughs> Bye. All right, folks. Well, that was our guest, Salman. And he is just amazing. I, I'm like really, really blown away with like everything that he can do. And that is all for today's episode. I just want to remind you guys that, like always, we are on SoundCloud. But anyway, you know where to find us. We're also on Facebook. We're on Twitter. So you can find us there as well. And also, uh, if you could rate us on your podcast app and review us, that'd be great because it'd be really nice for us to get some feedback on how we do and how well we do because that would really help us out. All right, guys, tune in next time for next episode. Bye bye.